welcome to today's podcast. The subject today is how much should I charge? We are seeing this question, I think we're seeing it 10 times a day, the same question in different guises. How much should I charge? How much should I charge for this? How much should I charge for that? Um, So our aim on this podcast today is to discuss it, to hopefully answer this question as fully as we possibly can so that by the end of this podcast, you not only have enough information to decide how you're going to charge, hopefully you have the confidence in yourself and in the industry to believe that what you're doing is worth that money as well. So I'm Louise Traherne here with Diane Greenwood today. And Diane, I believe you are kicking us off. How much should I charge? Yeah, and it's interesting because in your in your intro there, you said about, you know, we want by the end of this podcast for you to believe in what you can charge. Um, and so I kind of wanted to start there because I think that a lot of these price conversations are about confidence and seeking sort of reassurance from others in the industry that what we're charging is uh, is enough. Um, and the reality is that what we see is anything from £12.50 to £30 an hour um, and everything in between and lots of conversations about location, about types of customers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I think the fundamental question is how much do you believe you are worth? Do you not think some of it's down to inexperience as well? If you've never priced before, how do you know how to price? So if, for example, I was new to the industry and you and I both did this, Diane, I know I started, I think I started my first job by the second one I changed this, but my first job, I think I charged eight pounds an hour. Please bear in mind that was well over a decade ago. But um, You know, we all did it, didn't we? We learned the hard way. Yeah, I don't think I learned the hourly rate the hard way because I started at £15 an hour 15 years ago. So I think I went right in <laughs> at, the, at the higher end. But I definitely underquoted. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I was probably working for £5 an hour on some jobs because I just underquoted on the one-offs. Um, but but what, when I say about not believing that that what they what they can charge, it's almost like they've got to, and like you say, inexperience, lack of confidence, whatever you want to call it, it's, I've got to charge more or less what everybody else is charging and or what I believe customers should pay, what I think I'm worth. And I I think there's if we can get through this barrier, then everything else we can train. Do you think and we've talked about this and I talked about this with Claire Dore in a podcast a couple of weeks ago in great detail. So cleaning is often seen, particularly around the home, as an unskilled labour. You are unpaid, you're a stay-at-home mum or whatever you're doing, and it's seen as something you just do, and there's no value given to that particular skill. So how do you then go out into the workplace and then go, I am worth this, even though no one wants to pay me that at home, and I've done it for years, and I'm very good at what I do, but no one cares. Why would someone suddenly start caring and paying you that amount of money? And Really, you're replacing another, I'm going to say woman, it could be a man or a woman, another person's skill that they don't value either. And so this is potentially where the lack of value or, you know, I'm only worth £10 an hour. It's only and that, Yeah, and everything you said there, I, that's kind of baggage, isn't it, that we're carrying with us around the price so that when we tell Mrs. Customer, Mr. Customer, we are X amount per hour in the back of our mind, well, why would they pay that? I don't get paid that, et cetera, et cetera. So all that, that all that baggage is just dragging us down. But the reality is that that three hours cleaning that you do for Mrs. Jones gives her a weekend back. 
So it's not three hours of unskilled labor. It's a weekend. Or if it's an elderly client, you've given them back a clean home and, you know, the, the peace of mind that that brings them because they physically can't do it anymore. So it's not just the three hours of unskilled labor. And I'm working on the point of it's unskilled or skilled. I was going to say, the unskilled bit, that's not reinforcing. No, I'm not not saying it is unskilled. What I'm saying is if that's our baggage, that it's three hours of unskilled labor, it's not, it's three hours of giving, you know, giving a client their weekend back. But absolutely, it's it's skilled labor. and, And that's something else that we need to, you know, we need to get through, don't we? And let's talk about this for a second, because actually in not I never got taught to clean at school. Uh, My mum got taught my gran, you know, that was her entire schooling. People were taken into the home because, you know, you were expected to run a home. It was a job. The women that managed some of these big country houses, that was like managing an entire business. But even managing a house, I'll be honest. I manage my house like I manage my business. It is really similar. Probably could do better in both, let's be honest. (laughs) Um, But it takes planning. It takes, you know, consistent, uh, what's it called, commitment to actually doing the tasks on time. My bedding needs to be changed every single week, no matter what I'm doing. My shopping, I need to plan those meals. I need to shop on time. It needs to be structured and planned. Um, And actually, when it comes down to just the cleaning side, experience speaks volumes and I think there's quotes like if you study for something like one hour a day on your given subject within something like three years you're going to be one of the best in the industry well how many of us clean for one hour a day I would definitely say to be good to be really good if you did cleaning for an hour a day for three years how good would you be most cleaners before they even start their own business have comfortably done an hour a day they are really good at what they do yes they might need to know the background they might need to learn kosh there might be some really clear and safety things that join the dcbn come and learn all of those but i bet you know the practical skills yeah absolutely and actually that becomes part of the sales process doesn't it that skill and that knowledge you know if you're in a client's home or their office if you're doing a commercial growth you can point out things in an in a in a careful way you're not going to say that looks really dirty but you can say I can see you've got high beams don't worry I've got some long reach cobweb brushes or I you know we've got toothbrushes for around the plug holes you can point out some of the skills that you've learned as part of the sales process and therefore as part of the pricing process can't you and a lot of customers as well benefit from not just your knowledge and the hard work you put in, but if you do have long cobweb dusters, well, they don't have to invest 20 quid in long cobweb dusters. If you've got a vacuum, how many customers don't actually have a good vacuum? And time and time again, they go, oh, you're going to bring your own? Oh, good, because mine's useless. Oh, I've only got one of these battery held ones. It, it doesn't do that well. And I'm going, yes, we have a good vacuum. So it's not even just paying you for your time. And we don't even charge that much for our equipment, most of us. But that equipment, my vacuums are £400 a pop for a vacuum. Now, I get that's quite expensive. We don't all have £400 vacuums. But, you know, even your Henry's used properly, they can be really, really good. I mean, they might break your back on carpet, but they are really good vacuums. Yeah, absolutely. And that that client that's got a cupboard full of cleaning products that they've been sold because it looked on the advert like they would do everything with zero effort. (laughs) The reality is they don't, but you can now save them having to to buy them or even attempt to use them. So um, you're adding huge value to, to a client in terms of money. But for me, you're actually adding so much in terms of their lifestyle, aren't you? 
Yeah. And clients, they would pay 10 quid on a cleaning product easily if they thought it would give them a, ten, a clean home. Happily pay 10 pounds and that will sit there and do nothing. And then you go, oh, I feel really bad about charging you 10 pounds for an hour's cleaning. Oh, should I do this? And we're like, do you know what they've spent so far that hasn't achieved it? You will actually achieve it at probably a fraction of what they've already spent. Yeah. Can we dig into this sort of belief that we're not good enough to earn more than we're earning? <laughs> oh, that's this is a tough one, isn't it? Because if you look at, and you look at most cleaning business owners, they, they describe themselves as accidental business owners. And I hear this again and again and again while doing coaching. Um, I was a good cleaner and uh, now I run a business and everybody loves me. But they never they never plan to do that. And I think if you come from being a mum, maybe you've been out of work for a few years, bringing up your kids, um, then you start to lose belief in yourself in the workplace. That's normal in every industry, in every skill. And in the cleaning industry, particularly, you go, well, you know, I want to get back in. I want to work around the kids. Oh, you know, you're doing me a favor, giving me a job to work around my kids. I, I definitely thought that. Um, you do start to lose belief in yourself, particularly when you see yourself as, I'm going to talk about my experience because everybody's different. Everybody has a different perspective, but you see yourself as just a mum and it's about the kids. And so it doesn't really matter what I charge because I'm just doing work and you're giving me the flexibility to work around my kids. So I'm not going to charge you loads to do that. And you come in with that approach, don't you? Oh, yours was probably very different. Well, it's interesting because you think you come in with the approach of you're doing me a favour by letting me earn money. And, and that's a, a real sort of, sort of almost a scary mindset to go into business with, isn't it? But it's understandable. It's it's kind of no, it's normal in this industry. I did come into it slightly differently, but that doesn't mean I didn't have confidence issues. I'd never sold. <laughs> so I had to really, really learn some sales skills in order to be able to do this and marketing, but really the sales skills, because I didn't have any confidence that although I knew what I needed to charge to make a profit. So I was all about the numbers. I was not confident in my cleaning abilities. So I, I like you, I was very different. So I came in having had a lot of sales experience, good business background. I've got a degree in business. Um, I had all the knowledge, but I came in from the approach of having had a good time off with kids. So, you know, and, and it knocks all of our confidence. It doesn't matter how much skill and, and background you have. And this is why I said I made the mistakes on the first one. I didn't make the mistakes on the second one because you quickly go, hang on, who am I? What am I doing? And as you sit there for your first job, which might be six hours long going, how much am I earning? What am I doing? Is this worth it? And then you go, I'm not doing that again. Um, yeah. I loved what I was doing, but I definitely felt, oh, what am I doing with my life? I, I need more than this. Do you think also that when we first start and when maybe not charging enough and of course customers are lapping it up, aren't they? Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Because they might phone one business and it's £30 an hour and they phone you and it's 15 and they're like, wow, amazing. That's it. I'm going for the, that one. So do you think we then fall into a trap of going, well, my business is really successful because I'm fully booked. So now I need to start growing. And, and that's usually the, the first thing that people think. Is that a trap? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. If we talk about people that just start out, they think, they one, don't think of themselves as a business. Um, and, and they don't, I don't think they sort of perceive success in that way. They see, oh, I'm really, really busy. Therefore, I'm making the most for, of every hour of my time. Therefore, I'm earning the most I possibly could do. And that's really what they're out there to do, to go, right, I've got this amount of time between kids or whatever they're planning it around. I've got this amount of time. Um, as long as I'm making the most of it, then I'm I'm good at what I do. And so yeah. I'm not sure success always, it does for some people, definitely, but I'm not sure everyone thinks of. Am yeah, I it's just kind of, it, it works for what they set out to do. It works. Yeah. So, yeah. so isn't that a good thing then? You know, why, why, should, you know, if we're talking about how much should I charge, if they're happy, the customer's happy, what's wrong with that? Yeah. And, and this is where I always struggle a little bit with giving advice, going, well, yes, you've got exactly what you set out to do. But if you sat down and you wrote your goals before you started, did you aim to be the cheapest person in the market? <laughs> like, do you, like if you could sell what you sell at, you know, I see people charging £12 an hour and then people are comfortably charging 24 plus. Both of us charge more than 24. But um, why would you do the same work at half the price of someone else? And as for the profit margins, I mean, you're probably not even looking at the profit margins, but they are a fraction. You're learning 5% of the profit of someone else. I guess this is where the groups come in where you're going, well, that's lovely that you're charging 12 pounds. And I know you're really helping the customers, but, and it's great, I guess, that there are people in the industry that want to do that. But really you're you'd be better off doing anything else you'd be better off working in tesco's for the amount of work you have to pull it in you are earning less than minimum wage and there's people that just don't believe they can charge more than their 12 pounds an hour yeah and it's i think i had a conversation with somebody a little while ago that um was talking about giving doing cleaning for free as a charity um donation to individual clients um and we had a conversation and the realization was well why don't you actually not do the cleaning for free, charge a little bit more and give some money to charity. Um, and then it satisfies everybody. You earn a better living, you know, and and actually you're giving to genuine charities rather than individual customers. And it's it was a, a shift in mindset for her of, if my business is successful, I can give more back to my community. Um, and I suppose, you know, if your business is successful then it and it fits around family life, then that is a long-term thing as well, isn't it? Rather than just surviving because you've got kids and you have that's all you deserve can I go off on a tangent I am <laughs> so I don't know if you've seen on Facebook right I've got back into watching Peaky Blinders okay <laughs> have, you, have you seen it yeah right so the premise of it if you haven't seen it is there's a really bad gangster family in Birmingham slightly hot but anyway really bad family they do lots of bad things kill people gambling all kinds of things but then they take that money and they invest in hospitals and they make children's homes and they he goes into making um good housing for the poor and you go actually yes they did bad things to get the money and, and i'm not comparing cleaners as doing bad things <laughs> but it's quite interesting that that's what they did by the time they were making the money they then can go and do real life-changing things um and this is how cleaners need to look at it. Actually, your business is your business to earn the money. Actually, if you want to do life-changing things, it's almost outside of the business. Once you've got that time that is freed up because you are running that business, or once you've got the money that you can support yourself happily, and then you've got extra, then you can give it. But um, I don't know about you, Diane, but when it comes to charity, I have been stung by this before as well. 
Um, I remember doing a clean for someone. They appealed on Facebook and I did a free clean. They went round and then I found out how much they were getting in like money from the council and goodness knows what else. And actually they were just wasting it on, on drugs. And I was like, oh, okay. Like you could have actually afforded my rates, but you know, when you go, oh, I did it all for free because I believed I was doing a good thing, but oh, you've had three of these cleans before and nothing's changed. And you know, I want to make life changing differences and I didn't. Well, I did for that moment, but yeah, yeah with my to... my advice is make more profit and give to the local children's hospice or whatever whatever charity you choose. I sponsor a little girl. Um, it's it's you know it's that's the benefit of having making more money and having a successful business. To me, is that I can not only have a better life for my family and and my close friends and everything, but that I can actually give back as well, and that's important to me. So if if it's important to you as part of your values that you want to look after your clients fantastic look after your clients but get paid well to do it and then you can give back to others if you want to yeah yeah anyway let's talk about how to charge mm, let's okay get back onto this. right so go on, I'll let you go on you've got notes there haven't you so, so when you say how to charge do you mean how much should I quote or how much should I charge per hour working at your hourly rate yes so <laughs> first of all there's the debate should I charge hourly or should I charge per job right mm. and I would like to say my thoughts on this whether you charge hourly or whether you charge per job you need to know how many hours it's expected to take so I I think a lot of what we're, advice we're giving we're going to talk predominantly about hourly rates just scale that into how many hours it's going to take on the job and charge per job okay yeah. so and then as you get faster obviously it'll go down but our advice we're going to talk today about hourly rates because it's more applicable to everyone yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Even if you're charging by the job, that's only what you quote to the customer. It's in your calculations. I guarantee you're thinking it's going to take so many hours and I'm going to charge this much. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you charge per square foot. And that's a whole American thing. Let's you not go there. Like, yeah. Go do that with someone else. Go go to the Americans <laughs> and ask about, oh, actually, half our listeners are American. That sounds yeah. really terrible. So we shouldn't so ignore we... you then. But we don't know the square footage of our houses. That's the difference. No, <laughs> unless you've just bought a house and you know the square footage. Even estate agents don't always give us the square foot. So I'm sorry, Americans, you can go do the square footage. We can't. No. <laughs> anyway, okay. right, we'll go for hourly rate. Yeah. So, okay, so hourly rate, what do you charge? So you can talk to, you can look at your competitors. Okay. My advice on this, and, and actually I do think you should look at your competitors, go on Google, go and find your competitors on Google, not Facebook, because the Facebook ones are not your competitors. Those are people that will not be in the cleaning industry in two, three months time, probably. They are people with spare time on their hand. They are not professional cleaners. And if you are serious about being a good cleaner and the best in the industry, do not compare yourself to those people because they are not proper cleaners. Yeah. I mean, there might be a few in there, but generally, yeah, Facebook is not where you get your pricing strategy. (laughs) Never. And and this is what we see time and time again. That's where they're making their pricing strategy from. Do not make it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever the latest social media is next door. Yeah, no, that's a really good starting point. And the other way is for me, and this is always the way, is how much do I want to make actually take home? So, you know, if you're thinking, okay, so I want to take home £12 an hour which is nothing wrong with that. How much do I need to charge to actually take home £12 an hour? Because £13 an hour is not going to give you £12 an hour take home. So maybe it starts from how much you actually want to take home, have in the pocket at the end of the end of the week. 
Yeah, or even monthly. So I I start at a slightly different point. I go, right, all my bills and everything else, and by the time I paid my rent and everything that I've got to pay, mortgage, whatever you pay, um, mine probably come out, I don't actually know, but they probably come out to be about £1,500 a month. I think that's 1000 to 1500 is what a lot of people come out at. Um, we'll break that down. And again, like me, if you can only work school hours, how yeah. many hours have you got available in a week? Well, I can probably only physically work a maximum of 20 hours in those times so there's traveling times and things like that so if i've got to earn i'm going to make the sums really easy let's say i've got to earn a thousand pounds a month and i have got uh, there's 4.3 weeks in a month but let's say there's four to make the sums even easier that's 250 pounds a week and i can only work 20 hours how much do i have to charge per hour to walk away with that and that would give you the very basics. Now there's cost to come out of that. But if I was to actually work it out, what's the math? So you'd have to take home £12.50 an hour based on those sums. But as so, so very similar to the 12, but you've got to add on your costs. So it's not £12.50 an hour because you've got petrol to pay for, you've got insurance to pay for, hopefully, you've got products to pay for, you've got equipment to pay for, you've got your, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much the basics, marketing, if you do any marketing and things like that. So £12.50. That's what you want to take home, not what you want to charge. So let's look at this with numbers. So the reality is, I know I've got quite a small car, smallish, uh, big enough to fit all the kit in, uh, and I pay £50 a week in fuel. Okay, so let's add on, I've now got to earn another £200 a month. So now instead of £250 a week, I've got to earn £300 insurance well, it depends where you go but you're probably looking at another hundred pounds a month if you're a one man is it is it that much i don't know how much it is uh, probably not that much actually for a one-man band no it's probably more like 20 pound a month i don't know if it is yeah it probably is for a one-man band i'd say it's for a solo cleaner is it all right yeah. so not so bad uh products now this is this is a surprising add up for a lot of people particularly if you're going to i'm gonna say home bargains b&m target if you're in america um, these add up really fast, don't they? Yeah. So I don't know, I haven't bought from there for a long time, but I, at the time, was probably spending 20 to 30 pounds probably a week. Because if you look at, you know, even a bottle of cream cleaner, let's say, and I was getting through two of those a week, you've got multi-surface spray and 20 hours cleaning, I was getting through a bottle or two of that a week. You've got mop heads. I've got to clean the cloths. If you don't buy disposable cloths, I needed to buy gloves. So you're getting through disposable gloves and they're £20 a pack. Although to be fair, it will last me a month for those. Um, I mean, they really add up really fast. Yeah. Yeah. So suddenly you're a thousand pounds a month that you need to earn is now £1,300 a month that you need to earn just to get your £12.50 an hour. And then I want a website. So this really adds up. I want a website because I know that if I market on social media, I'm really tackling the people charging at the lowest end of the market. So if I get a website, I can charge more. And so then you've got, even if you do it yourself on GoDaddy, I think that's about £250 a year at the moment. Yeah, that is. It's not cheap. And if you take payments over it, it goes up even more. So I'm probably looking at, and then what is it, hosting fees and things. You're looking at a good 30 to 50 pounds a month for your website. Uh, that's without any advertising. So you'll have to do that yourself. Yeah. And then if you do it yourself, you're not even getting paid for your time. That's working for free, which when we start out, we accept we're working for free. So then you're looking at running into your sort of 15 pounds an hour. 
Well, but actually, if, you know, if you're thinking about a monthly divided by four, so if we say now, maybe we're up to £1,400 a month, do you think, from what yeah. we just talked about? Yes, I think okay. a couple of other things that I think people don't take into account. So you get a so business... now £17.50 an hour just to get your £12.50 an hour. That How much more already? So I've got more I want to add on. So... And this is where you have to believe whether your business needs to pay for this or not. So when you first go into business, you have a mobile phone with a mobile phone contract. Well, I believe that the business should pay for that. Like I, if, if the business doesn't pay for that, am I meant to fund it myself? Does that make sense? So I want the business to pay for my phone contract because otherwise I'm paying tax on the money I earn and then paying the con phone contract. I want the business to pay for it. Mm. So I, again, I don't know how much those are, but let's say they're about £30 a month. If you've got a phone included on it, a £50, it depends yeah. on the phone you get, £30 a month. So oh, that needs to go up as well. Um, and I think you're going to struggle to run a business without a computer. And I know some people can run it off their phones and apps. I've got to say, you know, maybe I'm old school needing a computer. In fact, doesn't everyone have a Mac or something now? Do they not all? I think a lot of people do do run them from their phones and tablets or or just a, a laptop, but it becomes harder, I think, as you're, you know, the more customers you have. So if you're if you're now up to say 20 hours a week, even as a solo cleaner, you, yeah, it's probably you're probably going to start be looking at getting a, a laptop or a computer now. I've got two screens. I couldn't cope without my two screens. <laughs> well, particularly if you're doing your own marketing and your search yeah. engine optimization and things most of the things they're not always mobile optimized and actually you can do a lot more on the desktop version so let's say we need a computer as well so what's a mac a basic max a thousand pounds a year so i believe the business should buy you a computer if you need it for work then the business should pay for it oh and then the unexpected bill comes in because your car needs an mot oh and a service and the wheel just burst yeah oh and then you've got a parking ticket <laughs> which was totally unfair but unfortunately you're gonna to have to lump that 70 quid yeah. for a parking ticket yeah. and all of these and what oh, about that customer that asked for a refund because they weren't happy yeah that was unreasonable wasn't it what but about anyway. the damage and you you think it's not worth claiming on the insurance it's... because the sh insurance has a 200 pound excess on it and yeah. it was only 100 pounds to replace the mirror you smashed yeah so we the good news is because i don't want to run through all because this is these costs just add up and add up don't we and we were already at 17 pound 50 for um for for you know a 12 pound 50 take home so we've got a solo cleaner spreadsheet it's called at the moment isn't it which is on the dcbn site it's under freebies so it doesn't cost you anything but that'd be a really good resource if you if you've not already done this exercise is download that and put in your numbers and it will actually come out at the end with how much profit you're actually making per hour and i did a little test with people that claimed that they could run a profitable business or make more than minimum wage so currently the minimum wage for over 25 is 10 pounds 42 an hour um and i said to someone can you run a business charging 15 pounds an hour and walk away with minimum wage and so far no one can do that so if you're not sure how much to charge, go onto that solo cleaner spreadsheet and see how much you're really making per hour. And if you're not making minimum wage, then up your prices or get a different job. Yeah. It's that okay. brutal, isn't it? It is that brutal. It is. Yeah. It kind of is because, you know what, and, and also how I like to look at this is, so you, you've only got school hours, okay? So you've got 20 hours a week you can fit in cleaning. Okay, so how about you have Mondays or Fridays off instead? And maybe then you only work 16 hours a week, but for the same money that you earn for 20 hours. And then you get 
a day back, maybe for, you know, the school sports day or the nativity or actually just a day to yourself when the kids are at school. So there's lots of benefits to this. It's not just about profit. Sometimes it's about work less hours and get paid a little bit more. But that's that's an interesting one, because what happens for a lot of people, inevitably, we all get sick, particularly if you've got kids. They come home with all kinds of lurgies at the moment yes we've all got colds at the moment but anyway super spreaders um, aren't they the kids <laughs> they just get exposed and they all the colds are all going around the school we're coming into autumn it's all going around the school so um a quick sniff there um <laughs> i was gonna say so you're going to go off sick one day you are going to go off sick and if you work four days a week instead of five then you've got that flexibility to juggle your customers around because i see people with completely full schedules they just, there's no scope. There is no yeah. scope unless you decide to now work an extra day at the weekend, but you didn't get into business to work weekends and have more time away from your kids. So having some flexibility in your schedule makes a big difference. And if you charge a bit more, but then could say to a customer, well, if I did have to cancel because I was ill or because my child was off sick or anything like that, don't worry because I keep my Wednesdays free. I could put you in on a Wednesday. What a difference that would make. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it's interesting because sometimes, especially for solo cleaners, one of the sort of what they view as their disadvantage is that they don't have anybody else to help. Um, and, and from the customer's point of view, often they like having a solo cleaner because they get the same person every time. But there is that slight disadvantage, whereas this actually earning more but working less days gives you that more flexibility. So it takes away that disadvantage, I think. So we say earning more, and this is lovely. In an ideal world, I'm just going to charge more and everyone's going to accept it. And Diane, I'm going to charge £30 an hour because that'll get me, that'll be fine. And that's just not the reality for so many people. And can I be really honest? It's not the reality for me either. So at the moment, we do charge £30 an hour, including that. So I have to sell at £30 an hour. And what happens to a lot of people is they go, right, I'm going to charge, let's say, 22. And people go, what? That's not what I was expecting. I was expecting to get my three hour clean done for 45 pounds. And how much are you? 66. Well, how do you think I feel going in at 90? <laughs> um, so it's really hard because the higher you go, the more rejection you face. Yeah. And if you're new to the business, why would you willingly expose yourself to being rejected, particularly if you haven't got a big business background, you're not used to sales, you went into this because you want to make a difference to people, and then you're just facing rejection after rejection. Why would any of us do that to ourselves? <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? But... For me, it's investing in your skills. So you need to be attracting the customers that aren't going to flinch at, say, 20, 22 pounds an hour to, if we're starting at that point, because there are customers out there where they're just like, absolutely, that's what it's worth. That's what I should be paying. They already pay their gardener 25 to 30 pounds an hour. So they're not going to flinch at paying their cleaning service and the same sort of rates. So really it starts with marketing and you talked about Facebook and, um, you know, if you invest in free marketing, then generally the results that you're going to get are going to be price shoppers. And Facebook is particularly notorious for this. Doesn't mean you can't get good customers through Facebook, but if it's your primary source of marketing, then you are going to struggle a little bit more than perhaps those of us that are on Google, for instance, where people are actively searching for a cleaning service in their area. But also it's just it's your sales skills and your ability to get across the value that your service brings yep 
But let's go back to this because facing rejection. How many times you might have really good sales skills, Diane, do you ever get rejected? All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Does that mean you're too expensive then? No, it just means that they're not the right customer for us. Okay. But when you're new and you need to fill your diary up, I don't want to face, you know, when, so to give a story, every time I put my prices up and I remember when I went from 18 to 2260, which is what you have to go to when you add on that, and this yeah. was some time ago. Um, and I couldn't sell. So the first 10 customers, when I went up from 18 to 20, was it 2260 or 2160? I think it's plus that. Um, and the first 10 customers rejected me. Every time I have a price rise, I expect my first 10 customers to reject me. And it's brutal. And you just have to keep going and go, I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to get rejected. But by the end of that 10, they will start accepting you because you hone your skills, you improve, and you almost have to just have belief that someone's going to say yes. And I've been rejected that many times now. God, it makes me sound like a big failure, doesn't it? (laughs) I get rejected. No, but if you read any book about business, a lot of people that are successful in business started out with rejection. I'm not going to quote any numbers, but the guy who started KFC apparently like asked about a thousand people to, to invest in his business and everybody said no. So I think there's an element of that that's part of our resilience as, as you know, growing. But also I kind of think, why so impatient to take on customers that don't value what we do and long term are not going to give us a decent income? Why not just start accept that it will be a slower process? I'd rather be full in three months time than in six weeks with customers paying more, if that makes sense. But you're looking at that from a business owner's perspective, right? The reality for a lot of people is they give up their job. They've got to have a full schedule within two weeks or they're not going to have enough money to survive. They don't have big savings behind them. They can't wait three months to start earning the money. So what what should they do? <laughs> you've got, honestly, if, if, you, if you want to get into this industry, you have got to learn to deal with this. It, it, it's just part of it because otherwise the alternative is you'll... You will get full at £12.50. Enjoy. Because you've got to learn to deal with the, the, the rejection. Okay. But if I was starting out, though, and I needed to make enough money to survive within a month, would you say go in at a lower rate and then rise my prices within the next month? How how What advice would you give? Because this is the real situation for people, isn't it? They can't just go well, I'll wait till the right customers come along and all will be fine. No, I've got kids and I've got bills to pay. I can't do that. Maybe there's maybe there's a halfway sort of place in this where it's like, okay, your first customer is this month, your second, this amount, your second customer is this amount and gradually build. If that, if it's your confidence that's stopping you selling, then maybe that's what you do is you just gradually build your confidence by gradually putting a price up for every single customer. Okay, so what you're saying, our first one, we go in at 15, the next one's 16. When we get a job at 16, we go in at 17 and keep yeah, going. Just keep pushing until they, 18, until they... have a wobble, a confidence wobble. Yeah. And, and and I've been through that confidence wobble as well. Every time we put the prices up, we don't sign the first few customers. And it's it's down to our confidence, not the customer. It's down to we are just a little bit nervous. We're just a little bit not the same on the call because it's about delivering the price with confidence usually. But yeah, if you're just starting out, please don't go lower than 15. <laughs> but 
you can sign your first customer at 15, then sign your next one. Like, like Lisa said, just keep upping the price until you're at 2022. 20, and then your confidence will be so high. You'll then be going back to those 15 pound an hour customers and going, actually, I need to charge you a little bit more. And so people say, what should I charge? Okay. If you were to answer this question specifically with numbers right now, what should somebody charge for three bedroom house that takes three hours to clean? Um, I think you should be charging £60 minimum. Minimum of £20 an hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And because... that's for a solo cleaner. Absolutely. And I, and I actually don't think solo or company or any are different in terms of the value that they give to the client when it comes to the actual cleaning. Okay. And if you have a team, you know, you're. can you still get away with charging £20 an hour? You probably can, depending on what you've got around you. It kind of depends how big your team. If you've got a team of 10 and you're self-managing them and you, you're running the business from home, yeah, you can probably still make a profit at 20. If you're now starting to look at bringing on admin and a manager premises, then really you need to be looking at the 25 mark now, don't you? Yep. And I think that's where both of us are. If you have a self-sustaining business where other people are running it, you're going to struggle even at 25 I don't think you make mega money no depending on the size of the team doesn't it it's all about I say the team size it's not the team size it's how many hours work you do or if you charge per job how many jobs you do it's how you measure it so in conclusion minimum 20 pounds an hour I would say so I think that that is it's 2023 20 pounds an hour is not a lot when people are charging you know uh, in fact, in the service station the other day, I think I got charged £4.50 just for a coffee. <laughs> it's just like £20 an hour is not a lot of money now to be charging. And it can make a difference to how much you have to work, how much you earn, and therefore your family situation and everything about you. It, it, make, it makes such a difference to you. And is just boring old unskilled domestic cleaning worth £20 an hour? Boring old unskilled domestic cleaning. Gosh, that's, I know you don't believe that, Louise. No, I don't believe that at all. No, <laughs> but that is how some people perceive it. Now, of course, I don't believe that. But, you know, if you don't believe that cleaning is worth it, what would you say to people that go, actually, I don't think a domestic cleaner should get that. Nurses don't get that. <laughs> Do your own cleaning. <laughs> Pardon? That wouldn't be my answer, really. Do your own cleaning. No, that would... <laughs> That's, that's often the flippant answer, isn't it? But it's it's not unskilled, firstly. Um, and actually, yes, it is kind of boring and mundane at times. It's also really physically hard work. And, you know, it needs to be paid accordingly. Yeah, just because we love our job doesn't mean it's not hard sometimes. Like, no. I love it. I love every moment of it. I even love sometimes doing oven cleaning. But it's hard work and people would happily pay not to have to do it. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. And you were talking about at the beginning about, you know, your your mum and your grandma were taught um, to look after the home. And, and certainly, you know, I'm a bit older than you. We did home economics at school where we, we learned about managing the finances and all that sort of thing. Um, but it's changed. People don't want to manage their own homes and do everything in their own homes. Now they're outsourcing everything. And the whole domestic cleaning industry is becoming more professional because of that. So we need to be charging professional rates. Perfect. Okay, so if anybody has listened all the way to the end of this, because it's been quite a long one, um, <laughs> then and you want more support, obviously we have the DCBN membership, 
um, go on to the website www.dcbn.org.uk there's freebies on there there's lots of things you can access before you actually get the membership if you do get the membership you're going to fly you get all the documents we have hundreds of hours of training videos if you want to learn to sell and get these prices we have literally broken down you've got script you can go for exactly how to get those prices if you want the confidence the best way to become good at what you do is learn to become the best cleaner. We've got training videos on how to be the best cleaner, safety, um, things like that. But if you want to learn to sell, we break it down. We break down everything from your marketing right through to your sales scripts. Um, we've got videos. I think we've done about three videos with us doing sample quotes. You can copy us word for word. You want to know how to sell to be getting £30 an hour. We don't keep it a secret. Go and learn how to sell and get £30 an hour because it is not as simple as saying, this is my price. Are you going to accept it? There's a lot more intricacies in there. And my background is sales. I studied a lot of NLP to really get into the nitty gritty of why things sell. Go copy it. Go learn it. Go copy it. It's all in there. And also, if you're not charging and um, what we've been talking about today, there is a, a training masterclass in our library called Raising Prices Without Losing Customers. It's an absolute gem, isn't it? Takes yeah. you through the whole process as to how to get those your current customers um, get their prices up. So, yeah, all the support is there if you need it. But hopefully you found the, the podcast a little bit helpful as well. Thank you. Lovely to speak to you again, Diana. Let's see you all. Oh, last thing. If you like our podcast, please hit the follow button. I think less than 5% of our listeners have hit the follow button. It makes such a big difference to us. Please like and follow and we can keep plowing our time and resources into making this the best podcast it can be. 